Let me see if I remember how to do this. It's been like, what, four weeks, I think, without a show because I'm a terrible brewcaster, a terrible blogger, and if anybody still listens to this show after the hiatus that I unintentionally took, um, I'm sorry and I love you for still listening, but we're here. We're at Listerman. Um, four weeks is nothing compared to how long it's been since we've been here to do a show. I think, I think when I looked it up, it was the summer-ish of 2015. Does that sound right? <laughs> that was your first remote show, if I recall. Uh, that was our first official remote show, for sure. Um, and I don't think we had any idea what we were getting into when we started doing remote shows now, especially now that they're pretty much all remote shows. And, um still haven't figured it out. Um, Jason, Dan, thank you guys very much for uh, for hosting us here in a Listerman taproom that looks nothing like it did the last time we were here. It feels nothing. Well, I guess it still kind of has that same feeling, but um, this place has changed. I mean, we're getting ahead of ourselves, but this place has changed immensely. Um, I, I didn't even introduce you in the show. So you're doing a great get, job. <laughs> sorry, we'll figure it out. I can I can like cut and paste things and make it sound like I knew what I was doing. Um, we, I, I've tried recently to start doing a guest co-host kind of uh, rotation through some of these shows to kind of give other voices and Chris Walker from Have a Drink Show, Bushy McBeardface himself. Yes, um, hello. I, I love your guys' podcast and still uh, to this day we are just I, amazed by that when you came out like oh yeah uh, when you invited us down uh, to Braxton for the big sis event and that was still we're like wait gnome knows us <laughs> well I love what you guys are doing and uh, um, happy to have you on the show and well, happy to be here hopefully it won't be the last time um, Listerman let's talk about what is happening let's 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 start with beer first that's the easiest way to kind of segue into what's going on because again the beer that you guys are putting out recently is very different than has a different side than it had i think the last time we were here um i'm drinking a tequila barrel goza which i could see the listerman of 2015 putting out um what are you drinking? Are you drinking the Fest, Fest beer? beer? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I can see you putting that out. I've downed a Fest beer and moved on to the Kindy. Okay. There we go. There's the segue. <laughs> 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 Would have been funny if you were drinking Chick Hours. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, New England IPAs, New England Pale Ales, New England Black IPAs. Is that a, that's not a It is now. <laughs> <laughs> um, what brought this on? Uh, really, you know, it's, it comes down to two things. Uh, we got tired of trading for Trillium and all those hard-to-get beers, so we're like, why don't we just start making our own so we can just drink it all the time? <laughs> and the second thing is, you know, we're really really big home brewers at heart. You know, we have the homebrew store here, so really we are never too satisfied with making the same thing over and over again. We have three year-round beers, and that's really pushing it for us to for our attention span for, for what we're doing. Three year-round beers, nutcase, check out, don't talk shit? Pre-pro uh, lager. Pre-pro lager. Yeah, Norwood's pretty much... Uh, year round, but we'll, like we're going to be a month and a half without it, which is fine because we have tons of other beers. But uh, yeah, so it's just a combination of those two things. You know, something that we like drinking and something it wasn't part of what we're doing. And you know, if you're not evolving, you're you're dying. So why don't you just keep trying to make some new and fun things for sure? Has it become as big of a part of who you guys are as it looks like it has <laughs> now? Because it, 
I mean, it, it seems like it's it's really changed the way Listerman is kind of viewed in Cincinnati. Yeah, it, if you would have talked to somebody before January when our first cans hit, I don't think that they would know that we made an IPA or if we knew what hops were. You know, we're known as being the dark beer barrel-aged brewery, uh, which I take a lot of pride in because there's not a lot of people that can do the dark beers and barrel-aged beers that we do. But, you know, we just kind of evolved into this style, and people really gravitated towards it and gravitated towards our artwork and the things we were doing with the community involvement behind it. And, you know, it just kind of took on a life of its own. We're not mad. I'm really happy about it. I get to make a lot of uh, IPAs I love to drink. Well, and, and I mean, you guys started out one can release a month. It's At this point, it's up to consistently it's two. two. It's two. I wouldn't say consistently two. Well, it has it's you been know, consistently two. Well, because Fiona is, took on a life of her own. Right. The zoo was like, oh, Fiona, it's going to be crazy. I was like, sure, zoo. Like, it's going to be. I know it's going to be crazy, but, you know, whatever. And then, oh, my goodness, that, that beer just took off. And so uh, we finally started scaling back on that. We don't make it. Uh, we're not going to release it in cans, but then this beautiful baby black rhino happened. And, you know, it's <laughs> the given first it. black rhino to be born at Cincinnati Zoo in like 20 years yeah. or something. Something close to that. And, like and it's 18 delicious. Years. <laughs> she came, he came in and helped us brew it. But, you know, it's, you know, it's just one of those I don't know things. how the rhino tastes myself. <laughs> It's just one of those things where something takes off and you just kind of run with it and see how long it goes. And, you know, we have this great relationship with the zoo already. Their employees come here and drink all the time. We're right. like the, I think we're the closest brewery to the zoo. And, you know, I think you'll start to see more zoo baby IPAs. and, and it's a zoo series, I guess. A zoo series. I, when I was putting my notes together, I tried to kind of put these series together to figure out what's going on here. And obviously there's the hip-hop series. And then you've got these pets that are coming out with... Uh, um, Worst Jimmy. idea I've ever had. I, I, I get bombarded every no, day. When's my pet can. going on a can? I think they're the best. <laughs> yeah. Just the artwork with those. Joey needs a can. See exactly what I hear every day. <laughs> and and then you've uh, you have the the zoo animals. <laughs> <So> <laughs> that's become and, its own thing yeah. in itself. Too. And it, that was just a grassroots thing. You know, it's not something we set out looking at what we're going to do for the year 2017 and thought, oh yes, we're definitely going to sell this much beer doing this sort of thing. You know, it's those relationships that we've built. Um, up from the bottom, and you know, just making making fun things happen. Well, let's start with the, the simple question: When you're talking about these New England IPAs, what is a New England IPA? Can you settle this in Cincinnati once and for all? What makes something a New? Is there England an argument IPA? with what a New England style IPA? Well, I just is can't. In I just don't know. I just can't figure it out. If everybody tells me something different when I ask them. Yeah, it's a it's a, a very it's everybody an IPA. Just, everybody just tells me it's supposed to be hazy. It's a it's it's not hazy because it's a New England I, New England style IPA. Right. Because it's a New England style IPA, it's hazy, and so um, you know it's very light on the mouth feel, very soft, and very low bitterness. It uses tons of hops, but a lot of late edition hops. So all you're getting is those juicy fruity flavors out of it, and little to almost no bitterness. Well, and. and what I like is it has really shifted my opinion of certain hops and what they taste like and what they actually are because it's, it doesn't have that bitterness. It, it, all these other fruit flavors that, yeah, you could, you could taste in some of them before, but it, it's front and center. It's in your face. You can't, you can't get around it anymore. It's like it's, it's a fruity hop. But it's, yeah, and it, the great thing about that is it brings a lot of people, you know, a lot of people, oh, I hate IPAs. I hate IPAs. And they try this. It's like, wow, this is, this is an IPA. It's really good. Again, because a lot of people are scared from that bitterness. You know, it's kind of how my 
palate has evolved. It used to be give me bitter, 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 more bitter, more bitter, more bitter is what I wanted. And I started drinking these beers, and all of a sudden, I can't drink regular IPAs. They're too bitter <laughs> for me because my palate has just evolved into liking these uh, New England-style ones. And I really enjoy the, the fruitiness of it and um, instead of just being bombarded with bitterness. So do you think that's part of what has made it so popular is that it's just something different, something new for people to kind of challenge I don't know that it's challenging for the palate but just to, to, to change things up do you think it's a, a cyclical thing in, in beer you know the, the the popularity of big bitter west coast IPAs and then the New England stuff right now and maybe barrel aged stuff at some point and it just kind of keeps rolling around between it all yeah or? everything's kind of cyclical in beer you know we're starting to see a lot of loggers come back into play craft loggers is I think is going to be the next big thing you know, but it's really cyclical. People will grow, grow tired of them eventually. I mean, I don't think people are still bitter of uh, bitter IPAs. I, think they, I don't think they're tired of bitter IPAs yet, and they've been out there for 10, 15 years now. I don't think people are tired of it. Sours were happening for a while there. I'm not sure they've got the feet, the, the legs that something like the New England IPA has yet. What is what is your opinion on New England IPAs? Oh, goodness. Oh, goodness, yes. I, it, I, I, I don't I, picture to, it as something that you would order. It's nothing... I'm an old school. Smoked New England IPA, maybe. Oh, now you're talking. <laughs> Get out. <laughs> Get out of here. Now you're talking. Uh, I'm an old school guy, and I let, basically let the guys do whatever they damn well please, with the exception of fryer bacon. Uh, <laughs> uh, and that, that, that seems to work well. I just, I give, they have, I don't know if anybody in town has more freedom to brew beer than you guys do. You? Do you know anybody in town who has more freedom to brew what they want to brew no. than you guys? I mean, I pretty much keep my hands off of it. And that works real well, with the exception of the smoked bock beer. <laughs> I do like that. and uh, But uh, it, I, I don't dislike it. It's just not, it's, it's okay. It's not something I really crave yet. I might, eventually. Does it surprise you how many people... Very much so. ...kind of latched on to it yes, and wind yes, up yes. around the corner? And... Yeah, that's done me. See the lines around here. Uh, that was really awesome. Well, it's it's absurd to me that for you know, you've got barrel aged cacao that can show up and just sit on a shelf, and I can just kind of stroll in whenever I want and grab it at my local bottle shop, and yet people are lining up for IPAs. <laughs> like it yeah. just it doesn't make sense in my head. Not that I do, not that I don't enjoy the the, the the beers, but they just they don't. It doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, I think it's more like a drinkability factor where you can drink one or two, four packs of IPA in a weekend, whereas barrel-aged cow, you know, it's one oh. <laughs> maybe a weekend. You put one down for a special occasion, those sort of things. That's so, a very filling beer. Yeah. You know, and it surprised me, too, because we, we've done a barrel-aged cacao release, and there's been ten people here. And Which we, we need to talk about in a little we'll bit. We'll get there. Radio. <laughs> uh, but we do a, a New England-style Brass Monkey, a New England-style IPA. No one even half the people in line never even knew we made an IPA. <laughs> That's we heard you all were doing one, and we came to the original Brass Monkey release, and I was like, you know, we come to all the Fryer Bacon releases and the Lemon Pound Cake releases. Like, you can no one show. comes to the Fryer Bacon releases. You don't have to lie. <laughs> no, we, a couple of years ago we were coming to them. We've never but, had one. 
Yep. There was a release for, um, wasn't it like the um, Barrel Ma- Age Maple, maple Coffee? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah that. that. That didn't work out well as far as smoke beer. <laughs> yeah. Okay, that so was a fine it. beer, but not, not smoky. But just to watch the releases go from, you know, some people coming in, hanging out in the front up there, having some drinks and enjoying it, to this monster wrapped around the building. And we were like, oh, we can show up 20 minutes before. We'll probably be good. We'll still get some beer. No, you're halfway no. up the street. Yeah, we were ha- half a block away. We were just... We didn't uh, we didn't get any of the junkie that first time around because of that, and ever since it's like well every weekend now I'm up in the front of the line I get here at like five or six a.m. I'm like I'm not going to get screwed out of it again. Won't let that happen again. <laughs> so um, let's let's talk a little bit about the tap room and how that's kind of changed too because again it's completely different than it was the last time we were here. It makes perfect sense for who Listerman is, you know, the, the personality of this brewery that of course you have this this, this two-sided tap room with two different experiences. Like it, it just makes sense to me. But it took how long to make this happen? Oh my. Five and a half years? Yeah. Oh my. You know, can pulling teeth. Why? Money and the regulations and things like that. It was just permits. And then and then the contractors it was just it was just it was. It's been hell. Um, and we're not done yet. We it's wanna, a, well, it's never done. Listerman is never well, done. We wanna, That's the whole we, brilliance. We want to return the windows to the arched form, and then we want to put wainscoting around the room and fix the lights. So, explain a little bit, kind of the feeling of the two different spaces for anybody who I don't. I don't know who I, is I, listening to the show that hasn't been here before. I, I, I've always enjoyed the the the, 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 the Arnold's Bar because of the. Coziness of the front bar. There's probably another word I'm looking for. Intimacy. Intimacy. Yes. Uh, you can have a four or five people in Arnold's front bar, and you don't feel like you're weird. If it overfills, they've got spaces I in the back. I feel like I'm weird. Yeah. It's not a bad thing. <laughs> but if there's an over, you know, more people get, they go off into other places. But when you walk into the place, your first impression is you're, you're in a comfortable place with cool people, you know. And that's what I kind of thought we'd do here we'd have the small room up front you walk in there's a half a dozen people that's enough to feel like you're not weird er. <laughs> <laughs> and then if there's an overflow there's a space back here where everybody can go back and pick a table up and then and, and, and do the german beer garden thing right so it's, it's also a kind of a dual purpose uh, yes what dan said but also if you want to nerd out with the bartenders you know there's plenty of space at the bar up oh there. yeah you know we had four seats before and now we have like twelve or fifteen seats. You can sit Four at the bar. Four seats, and everybody was always afraid they were going to knock that bar over. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And then if you're just you have a big group, you want to hang out with friends and just watch the game and drink some beer. You come up here, and and no one's really going to bother you up here. Well, and that's there's very different types of drinking environments that I think when you go out on a Friday or a Wednesday or whatever it is that you're looking for, and there are tap rooms that I don't go to because it is one type of atmosphere, and it's always that one type of atmosphere. And if I'm looking for a place like downstairs this year where it's cozy and intimate, there's some places that doesn't have that anymore, and you, know, you just don't go there. And you guys have kind of found this really great balance between the two. You've got food now, which, thank God. <laughs> you know, like, you know, again, that's, that's one of those things that for so long tap rooms just like, couldn't quite figure out, and suddenly the, you know, it, it, the, the code was cracked, I guess, and it's, it's a free-for-all now, and you guys... 
nailed it with Renegade, who makes some incredible wings. Oh, my God, the wings. <laughs> so the uh, chicken and waffle wings they tend to do for breakfast for those release mornings. Yeah. Oh, a godsend. <laughs> <laughs> We're actually going to make a chicken and waffle beer with them, so oh, stay tuned for that one. God, yes. <laughs> really? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Is it going to be made The real question things? is, how can we not? <laughs> um, in the future, we'd, we'd like to have a beer garden, maybe on the roof or something. I was in Germany in Bamberg this July, and we went to the uh, Special Keller and the uh, Wild Rosa Keller, and that was an experience beyond words. That was so, so relaxing. Uh, it's my opinion that every mental institution needs a German beer garden. Oh. You're acting so like you must, go to the German, you must go to the beer garden and have a beer. <laughs> Not going until that happens. <laughs> so knowing that Listerman has always kind of been this changing, evolving um, experience, I guess is the best way to put it, you know, from the, from the time you first started selling homebrew equipment to the homebrew store to the... The, the bombers that were, you know, just tucked in a, in a case behind the counter and, you know, to, to this, you know, you talked about the beer garden on the roof, but, you know, where do you go as, as a brewery? What is, how do you figure out where you go? How do you? It evolves on its own. Very little is planned. <laughs> so, but, but, I mean, is that, is it really just kind of holding on to the reins and just being ready for wherever things kind of? I wish it was that planned it just happens it's it's really not something we it's not that carefully planned isn't that terrifying though <laughs> it works <laughs> <laughs> oh we, that's that true i mean we, we really uh, we, a year out is about as far as we go isn't it yeah i mean we have a semblance of where we want to go for a brand and as a brewery and what beers we want to make and you know seeing where those type of things take us is kind of the fun of of the ride. It's not about the, the destination, it's about the journey. So, you know, it's just like this Fiona thing. Who would have thought that this Fiona thing would have taken off like it did? And, you know, we had to, we had to add two more fermenters just because of that beer. And we're still and behind. We're still behind. <laughs> and it was like, you know, 30 barrels of beer would take us a month to sell through uh, just in the tap room and on accounts, and that was gone in a day. And so we're like two months behind on production. Our barrel, we have maybe 50 barrels back there, but we're super low on our barrel program too. So we need to pump that up as well. So, you know, it's really uh, more a reactionary thing versus. So is there going to come a point where space becomes an issue for you guys back there? It's starting to. Um, The barrels. What do you do about that? Is it? Well, we're toying with the idea of getting space elsewhere for, for barrel storage, barrel house somewhere else. We'll see. If the barrel thing comes... See where it goes. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. I mean, you you talk to some of these places that are opening up now, and they have this very strict, almost, direction of, here's where we are going with this, here's where we're going with this, and maybe the time frames shift a little bit, but they've got these these plans of how they're going to direct... I worry about how they were toilet trained. I'll ask the next one we have on the show. <laughs> Please do. <laughs> Please do. Dan Listerman wants to know how you were toilet trained. So let's talk again. ADD podcast tonight. Let's 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 
bounce. No, over. it's okay. It's just like you know, some of those some of those breweries are really all about like the bottom dollar and how to make the most amount of money and you know how do we get to this next million dollars and how do we get the X which, amount of market shares? Theirs? Probably the ones that give you very detailed uh, <laughs> list about how they're going to get to point A and B. All right. And you know, to, uh, that'll the, obviously that's that's part of who we are because we can't pay ourselves if we're right. not making money. But if we're following ourselves and following what we like and, you know, making the beers that we want to make, and, and I think there's really no way we can go wrong with that. You know, we may not make a home run every time, but we're going to enjoy the, the heck out of doing it, and we're going we're gonna to make enough money to pay ourselves. You know, it's not about making that next million dollars. It's about making that person that walks through that door smile with the uniqueness and creativity we have on draft. It's a fantastic answer. It's almost like you had that written out. I did not. <laughs> Very just, well rehearsed. I just kept talking. I just, Don't you lie. <laughs> um, so let's let's talk about the uh, the marketing side of, of what Listerman is, to put it kind of plainly. I mean, it, you've had the same logo forever. Forever. I, I love it. But you guys, I, I know Tommy was probably pestering you for a very long time to let forever. him, him kind of <laughs> let loose with it. Um, and the result i think is absolutely brilliant with this new direction that you guys are going it's you you pick up a can and it's all about the artwork it's the logo is is the logo itself is barely on there at all the listerman is kind of we just talked about this today it's, <coughs> yes, just hold, your, hold your opinion Go ahead. i i absolutely love it for the record um i think it it lets every single beer have its own personality which is what listerman is listerman is not a a brewery that has there this. Is a just let them keep going. That. Just let them keep going. <laughs> there, there, there is definitely. I, I get that. But Listerman, as as a brand, is not a straight shot. Here's where we're going to go with this. Here's where we're going to go with this. It's all of these different little pieces that, when you put them all together and you take a step back, you're like, oh, yeah, that's that's what Listerman is. It's not a single definable logo or whatever you know like does when, that make sense when somebody walks it does in to our, me. <laughs> when, when somebody walks in the door the question is what's new right and we have to do that and it's not it's not hard we do it and i and that you know that's kind of where i saw and dan and i talked about this earlier today and i had a very hard time putting into words uh the meaning behind and why we did it but you really just nailed it on the head is because we we're established as a brand we, we have our ninth anniversary party coming up in october 21st save the date dan um we, we're an established brand you know we've won the one of the biggest beer contests you can win you Fobab. know Fobab. and you know we've won medals at gabf and you know we've we've been there and done that so we're established as a brand and we have the like like you said each beer is so unique and has its own story to tell so we're kind of allowing the artwork to kind of show that story well, more so than than what the brand is well, and, and and somehow you know tommy manages with with lemon grenade and i guess i should i shouldn't just i should put all of his people into that um when you look at a Listerman can, it still somehow captures some kind of brand to it. You look at it, and you know that it's Listerman, even if you can't see that name and that logo. And that's that, that's a huge accomplishment that's the, that's for them. That's the beauty I think. of it. Yes, yeah. I, I love it. I think it's I'm, I think it's I'm, great. I'm real convinced of that. <laughs> I love the logos because. She hates it because I have kept every one of the hip hop series cans. Oh my I, I love them. Insane right and now. 
the new ones with the new logo, it's even better because I love looking at the art and trying to decipher from the picture like what old hip hop group this is, or from the tap handles like when the Lonely Hop one was on. I didn't put two and two together for the longest time. I was looking, I was like, "What am I? Li- are they like aliens? Like what is it?" And I was like, "It's the Lonely Island." <laughs> I just want like big screen prints of some of these can designs. Yeah, on the I'm, wall. I'm putting together my own like collage art of them. So I was like, "Oh, how do I get these labels off so I can put them on something else?" And I was you like, just "Oh, peel so them off." Come on. <laughs> now, they, well, now they do. Before they were the. Uh, yeah, shrink on that. Now they come off. Yeah, soak them in water for a couple of days, and you can peel them off, and then they're still sticky, so then you can just start putting them on other stuff. Oh, the stuff. new ones you only have to soak. If you get your finger down in there, you can peel them right off. I soak them just to make sure I'm not tearing <laughs> it. I be, I'm, I'm careful. ADD podcast at its finest. <laughs> yeah. How to remove your labels. You know, we really should discuss Jared Lewinsky, our brewer. Absolutely. Jared Which has been... I think I saw him wandering around. Really He's meandering around. Um, quintessential in this last year i mean he's trained most of the brewers in town are just home brewers that picked it up jared's actually academically trained and i think it makes a big difference so in in you know in what ways for i mean there's there's definitely no shortage of people who know what they're doing that come in and out of these doors here at listerman i mean wasn't it like was it Cincinnati Magazine in that article, All Roads Lead to Listerman or something? Yeah. Was that? I mean, the, I'm the center uh, of the universe or I mean, something. Yes, I mean, like, and it's it's kind of true. You can walk into any brewery and, you know, what? How are you tied to Listerman? And, well, it's you know either a you know I was I was working in the store, you know, or I, that's where I bought. All, that's where I still buy my supplies. <laughs> you know? Like it just it, now Jared didn't. <laughs> that's right. So, but how has he kind of how has he kind of directed? where things go here going forward while still holding on to the the, the chickows and the nutcases and things like oh, that. Oh, he's embraced it. I mean, it's not like he's he's put it going out of his way for that. He's embraced that, I think, don't you? Yeah, and, and really how, you know, how we kind of work here is Jared and I will sit down and make the schedule together, and I'll be like, well, we need X and Y because we're running out of it, and then, you know, we have A and B release coming up, so we need to do these. And I don't tell him what it is. I'm just like, hey, New England style IPA draft only. Like, we need one for draft. And then he just goes and does it, and it makes it really good. No, no, he he he, uh, he he came from a place where they they were more about the bottom line, right? And they didn't appreciate the beer. He came here and he saw that we're just a bunch of beer nerds. <laughs> you know, it lit him up like Christmas. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> really did. And and it, I I I feel we've made a major investment in. in him and what we've he's accomplished here i don't i don't i I won't i won't poo-poo anything about that well and it's again it kind of plays into this whole story of the journey of what listerman is i mean every brewer that's come through here for the most part has put some kind of stamp on on what this is you know there are still things about Listerman today that you look at it well that's that's Kevin Moreland that's like, Kevin you see it, you taste it right there. like you like there there's beers across the city that do that and you know it it's I, I I don't know other places that kind of have that tie to the people and to the that that long journey of a story if that makes any kind of yeah and you know the one thing Jared will Jared will tell you is that you know it's all a team effort and that's I think that's his his biggest asset is he's a huge team player 
and you know he doesn't take credit for anything like anything he doesn't take credit you for gotta, you have to force <laughs> him to take credit is, for is there is there any kind of and uh, I, of course you're going to say there's no kind of ego that goes along with it but like when it's Chikau day is Chikau week. Does he sit there and kind of grumble? Chikau, you know. I don't know. <laughs> Never heard no. anything about that. Like, no. I, I, I know that there are lots of brewers around the city that were like, "Well, it's not. I don't. I don't want to do that. That's that's not my thing. I, we could do this instead. We should be doing this instead." No, it's you know he's he's a pretty smart person, so he understands that um, you know that's it's just the job just got to get done, and you know that's kind of. Uh, and that's not, not so smart, but he's smart. He understands like the business aspects to that side. We got to make all these chickals because it's going to draw X amount of people and make Y amount of money for us and lead to us being able to buy a new pump because we need right. a new pump. Hint, hint, Dan. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it's and, God. Where was I going to go with this? What was your What was your follow up question? Is, is there any kind of ego going along with it? Is what I asked. But no, no, and, no. Jared is Jared has been and really a godsend and he <laughs> almost to a fault where while we'll say hey we need a b c and d done can we do it and really we can only get a b and c done but he'll never tell me no he'll just be like oh i'll just work late and get it done and i was i don't like it's one of those things where i don't know it can't get done because you know he says it can get done and I find out he's here till 10 or 11 o'clock at night just finishing it up, making sure it gets done, and he'll never complain. He'll never – I had to make him take an off day last week. It was, <laughs> it's just incredible. Um, you know, the, the, the great things he's done for us is, is really innumerable. So what is, what is his stamp that he's placing on it, do you think? All the New England IPAs. Yeah, I mean, he's the driving force behind the New England IPAs. Um, no ifs, ands, or buts about that. And, you know, <laughs> I can't – I can't really say enough about everything that he's behind. I mean, I like to think that I have the ideas behind it, but they, they're they just ideas. There's no – my ideas would not be great without Jared because they would just be crappy beers that someone thought was a good idea. <laughs> Instead, they're really good ideas that came from a really good idea. And so for those ideas, do you like – do you have the name in mind or – No, the name just kind of comes to us in uh, – yeah, thank God our label company does like a week turnaround time on things because <laughs> sometimes it's down to the wire on what it is. Like we know we have to set, we know first besides October, October though because of GABF we're pushing it back. Um, but we know the first weekend of every month, and I'm glad we did it this way too. We know the first weekend of every month we have a can release. So we know something's coming out. We know we need to brew it. And sometimes the, the hip-hop leads us to incorporating some uh, some hops and and do it, but it, sometimes it's just the beers first, and then we kind of um, name it afterwards. That's fun. I, I would love to sit just in some of these uh, <laughs> idea sessions where things are being thrown around and to see some of the stuff that doesn't stick. Usually it's like the best time. We have a, we have a group uh, group hangout, and usually the best ideas come like Saturday from like 8.30 to 11.30 so that uh, in like the group hangout. Podcast. Like it's just a group hangout where everyone is just pitching ideas constantly. Yeah. Yep. My, my podcast group hangout is a very lonely place right now. It's very quiet and baby crying in the background. <laughs> um, let's let's take a quick break because my beer is empty. Um, and we need to talk about some of the releases that are coming up and uh, some of the stuff that's, I guess, in the future. I don't know. ADD Radio. We'll just we'll figure it out. We'll figure, just like us, we'll figure <laughs> we'll, it out. We'll be right back. Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincy Craft. Um, I, look at, I look at the Bud Light drinkers out there as a, you know, a forest and harvester. They're all out there, and, and they don't know any better yet, but they will. You don't, you don't ever hear 
here, somebody say, yeah, I used to drink that craft beer crap. But I, <laughs> I went back to my bud like, you don't hear that, do you? No, you don't. You're listening to Cincy Brickcast, the voice of Cincy Craft. Hi, Mike Cisneros here with a word about Brewhouse Dog Bones. By now, craft beer fans all over Cincy know the distinctive brown paper sack with a big red bone. You've seen it in great breweries like Mount Carmel, Listerman's, Rheingeist, Eight Ball, Braxton, and more. At just five bucks a bag, you know you can't find a more healthful or delicious treat for your best friend made from spent brewery grains, organic eggs, peanut butter, and brown rice flour. But did you know that Brewhouse Dog Bones is an educational program for developmentally disabled teens and young adults? It's available through the New Richmond, Cincinnati Public, Fort Thomas Public, Sycamore, Oak Hills, and many more school districts across southwest Ohio and northern Kentucky. For more information on where to find Brewhouse Dog Bones or how to get your developmentally disabled loved one or your school district involved in the Brewhouse Dog Bones program, contact Lisa Graham at area code 513-520-0310 or visit www.brewhousedogbones.com. Give your dog the craft experience with Brewhouse Dog Bones. Hi, this is Mike Stokes from Cincy Brew Bus. Cincinnati's craft beer scene is growing, and we want to take you to those locations. Here at Cincy Brew Bus, we love to introduce people to craft beer here locally in Cincinnati. We have an amazing craft beer scene. We have lots of routes to choose from and a lot of different places we can visit. Cincy Brew Bus is Cincinnati's premier and original craft brewery tour. We're the number one rated tour for breweries on TripAdvisor. We're the number one rated food and drink experience on TripAdvisor. And we're also the number two total tour overall on TripAdvisor here for Cincinnati. At Cincy Brew Bus, we provide a VIP tour experience for the novice and for the expert craft beer drinker. We like to take you out, show you how the beer is made, tell you about Cincinnati's rich brewing history, and at the same time, have fun, do some trivia, and drink some locally made fresh craft beer. This is Steve Shaw. This is Eric Bosler. Hi, my name is Gamal Nagy. Hey, y'all. This is Sean Willingham. This is Brett Coleman-Baker. Hi, I'm Scott LaFollette. Hi, this is Evan Rouse. Cellar Dweller Craft Beers. Darkness Brewing. Rivertown Brewing Company. Admissible Brew Works. Urban Artifact Brewing. Blank Slate Brewing. Braxton Brewing Company in Covington, Kentucky. In Cincinnati. In Northside. In Hamilton, Ohio. Bellevue, Kentucky. Mar, Ohio. You're listening to Cincy Brewcast. Cincy Brewcast. And you're listening to Cincy Brewcast. The voice. The voice. The voice of Cincy Craft. <laughs> I was going to say. Every single week I say I'm going to change it and make it something a little more upbeat, and I always forget. I was just listening to the last episode, and you, I was like, he said that the last, like, three or four episodes. It's just like, oh. <laughs> well, I don't know how to come into something so <laughs> mellow. Um, yeah. This this candy is really good. <laughs> it is. It is amazing. Thanks. And, it, you know, Jared and John, well, John K. have been hitting us up about a black IPA forever. And over here. Right here. And I was like, fine, baby black rhino, we can make a black IPA for it. Because it's just, you know, the, the market says that black IPA doesn't, black IPAs don't sell. 
in the market. They just really don't. And well, this isn't just black IPA either, though. I mean, this is it's a baby black rhino. Your own style. <laughs> Has there been a black New England? Is this an IPA or a pale ale? IPA. Um, has there been a black New England IPA? Not that yet? I know of. Um, you know, if someone wants to correct me. Well, I didn't, I didn't do a big Google search <laughs> for it, but I haven't heard of it. Well, one. I mean, the whole style is still up in the air. Because, yeah, it's not even defined yet. Yeah, it's still like a subcategory unofficially at this point. Like, GABF isn't going to have a category for I it. I think they're they? scared that people will judge the New England style IPA way better than the regular IPA. So That's, they're like, oh, it can't be in the subcategory. It needs its own little spot to shine. It's very different. Um, Speaking of but, different. Well, <laughs> what did you guys send to GABF, by the way? Uh, the judge, we sent Jungle Honey God Mode in the Fresh Hop category, Coconut Chacao and Field Beer, uh, Chocolate Cranium in the Chocolate category, and beer. even S'more of What into the That's Other Strong Beer, beer category. I would love to see even S'more of What. Or maybe it's, no, ex- no, it's in uh, Specialty. Because of the marshmallows. It's in the marshmallow category. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we're joined now. We Jason bumped Dan Listerman off a microphone, which <laughs> he gives us our best quotes on the show. <laughs> but but we are now joined He'll text by him to you, I'm Jared, sure. who, first time on the show. We've had like 140 different guests at this point, and you haven't been here because you're new to Cincinnati. That's true. Well, I mean, are kind you? Yeah. Given, right up on there. Um, how long have you been with Listerman? Uh, just a little bit over a year at this point. Um, what has surprised you about this place that you didn't know when you were getting into it? <laughs> Don't ask that question. <laughs> oh, that's that's a very layered and deep question. Um, well, I guess my, my biggest takeaway is I'm, I'm surprised that uh, they actually made it this far with uh, the equipment <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> And we just got glycol. So, like, <laughs> we're kind of almost a brewery now at this point. Um, but, uh, yeah, like, so I guess the biggest takeaway for me was, you know, how well they had done and had been able to make great beer um, with kind of what they had. Um, so, you know, like my predecessors definitely give a lot of props to them for making some really good beers. Um, you know, Chacao's a huge legacy beer for us, and, uh, and it's incredible beer, and, you know, Kevin Moreland did a phenomenal job making that beer. And um, but yeah, I mean, there's there's definitely a lot of challenges. You know, we don't have the kind of money that some of the other you know, players here have, and um, so we, we make do with what we got. And uh, you know, we just try to make good beer. Does being at a place like this, where you you don't have that big money sitting over top of everything, where if you need something, you just kind of shout and somebody gets it for you, is that? limiting or is that almost freeing is there well, I does mean, it depend on the day <laughs> yeah so i mean there's pros and cons to each um and, and uh, i've been around a bit so i've been able to observe uh, a couple different businesses in progress and um usually what ends up happening that from my experience is when you have that kind of money um usually the, the person who has that kind of money is more in it to make more money than it is to make beer make a great product make a great uh, place for people to come and drink and be a community, and uh, so you know I wouldn't trade what we have here for the world. I mean, sure, a little bit more money, but <laughs> uh, but you know it's uh, you know what we're able to do with what we have and, and be able to be creative as creative as we can be, um, you know, without pretty much you know Dan is always like 100 percent, 99 percent behind us <laughs> uh, for most of the beers that we do, um, and so you know like I've been at places where. 
you know, I've been absolutely stifled trying to, you know, be creative and make really good beer. And it's just like, no, we want to make this beer because, you know, X, Y, and Z reasons, which never really agreed with them uh, half the time. So, you know, it's definitely a huge boon of being at this type of small boutique kind of brewery is you're able to be very creative and do really incredible things. And, you know, I think we do well because, you know, the community responds to some of the weird stuff that we do. And you know what, to, to, to further answer that question is, I wouldn't trade uh, no money for all the money in the world um, any day of the week. You know, it, it presents its own set of challenges, and if you can work with no money, you know, you can go anywhere and work because you know how to make it, you know how to make something happen um, with, without that. So it's, it's one of the things I really do, I mean, I hate it and I love it at the same time, <laughs> but, you know, I really do love, the, you know, I have to think outside the box every single day because we don't have... Five five hundred thousand dollars run on a marketing campaign. We don't have X amount of money to spend on T-shirts to give away at pint nights. You know, we got to think about how we can be creative in our beer and our events and and some of our glassware and our shirts. To, you know, to make them sell because you have glassware. Money. Sorry, because you have glassware. Yeah, now. no longer plastic. <laughs> yeah. We should mention that too as part of this whole change and 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 what this tap room is that there is glassware <laughs> and air conditioning and air conditioning and air conditioning. The first thing we were able to point out because we're like, oh, this beautiful fall day that is over ninety degrees, and then we come in here and we're mm-hmm. not sweating to death. And it's like it feels amazing. It's the simple just things in time for the steps, fall. The kids these days will never appreciate when yeah. they have to sweat in Lister. <laughs> Um, so, well, we should probably kind of wait to go into that again. ADD radio. We're just bouncing <laughs> all over the place. Uh, Jared, why don't you kind of, since we haven't had you on the show before, and um, I think there's still a lot of people in Cincinnati that don't know you. Why don't you kind of tell people about, like, your your story? How did you get here? Um, all right. So, uh, graduated... Uh, Rutgers with a degree in psychology in 2008 when uh, you know everything kind of went to hell so uh, never went into that career um, and at that point I'd been uh, kind of homebrewing for about a year or two and uh, you know just I'm just doing some retail jobs here and there whatever you can gonna make money and uh, just get more and more into homebrewing and you know I start uh, researching history of, of beer brewing and just really become enamored with everything about it um, and just decided to get serious with it and I uh, went to a college program up in Canada at a place called Niagara College. Um, at the time it was the only teaching brewery that existed on the, in North America. Uh, I don't know if that's the case anymore but you know, so I was looking you know um, and I was looking to get uh, hands-on experience um, you know with my education, uh, programs like UC Davis and, and uh, Siebel are, you know, they're, they're more classroom oriented. I mean, you can, there are options with like the Siebel course where you can go to Germany, the VLB and all that kind of fun stuff. Um, but it's, you know, it, it was way more streamlined. It wasn't as much time that I would want to spend doing it and, and really practicing, um, you know, theoretical and, you know, practical applications. Um, so that was a big draw for me and that's why I ended up going there. Um, and it was definitely a really, really wonderful experience. Uh, I still have a lot of great contacts from, from that time. And, um, yeah, so I spent two years there. Um, and that time frame, I ended up, uh, so originally from New Jersey, so, so uh, I did an internship at River Horse from, from New Jersey. I don't know if anyone really knows that beer out here. Um, but then uh, I was uh, 
working up in uh, this place called Silversmith in Niagara, uh, Niagara Falls area. Um, then kind of did a cross-country trip after I graduated and just said, what the hell, I'm going to try to get a job in uh, San Diego and just took a train <laughs> down from Portland. And uh, Why the hell not? <laughs> yeah, right? Um, and I was lucky enough, so I'm a huge fanboy of modern times. and um, Still. Still, yeah, that's never going to change. Jacob's a dreamboat, but um, amen to that. But yeah, so so I was a huge fanboy, and like you know, I used to be on his, his uh, Twitter page all the time talking to Jacob. And uh, so I'm sitting in his tap room, and he walks out and just kind of does a double take on me, and he's like, "I know you." <laughs> and uh, so, uh, so you know, long story short, end up uh, working packaging at Modern Times, and. Uh, so I'm there for about six months uh, when I get a call from, from Weyerbacher, um, who had given my resume out to, like, I don't know, eight months prior. You know, just didn't expect to get a call from them. And, and uh, you know, they want, they're offering me to be a brewer. And uh, it, was, it was definitely, you know, living in San Diego was pretty amazing. Uh, so it was, it was really quite a tough choice to, to leave modern times in, uh, in San Diego. But, you know, I spent two years, you know, training to be a brewer. And, you know, I, I understand putting in your time. You know, packaging, you know, and doing all that kind of fun stuff. But, uh, you know, it's just they couldn't give me a time frame to, to move me up. So, you know, I went with the offer I had uh, and then moved back back to the East Coast um, and started brewing for Weyerbacher. And uh, definitely haven't looked back since. Um, and uh, so I was there for about a year. Um, and one of my contacts or one of my buddies from uh, the college program, he started doing contracting uh, for some people up in Buffalo. And I was one of the short list on, on his list for people to take over that brewery since he was he was opening Check a distillery, so he couldn't Check actually couldn't actually work Check at the uh, place he was contracting for. And uh, so that you know kind of interviewed with them and seemed like a good fit, and kind of went out there and opened a brewery called uh, New York Beer Project up in uh, Rochester, or sorry, up in Buffalo. And uh, and then uh, you know. Set some creative differences uh, over time, and uh, was lucky enough to be looking for a new job when uh, Patrick unfortunately <laughs> left these guys. And uh, Jason flew me out, wined and dined me. Um, I definitely was, wined and dined. It was, pretty, <laughs> it was kind of romantic, a little bit. Um, there will be a movie. There'll be a movie made at some point about it. Um, definitely. And uh, yeah, that's, that's sort of the. Uh, Long story short on that. <laughs> so, I'm glad I'm the shortest part of that story. <laughs> <laughs> you have sort of at this point been in several different, very different yes. kind of beer communities and beer scenes and, and, and breweries. You know, what, what about Cincinnati makes this the place that seems right right now? Um, so Cincinnati's doing some cool stuff. In general, it's, uh, I mean, it's got a great history. So, you know, there, there are some very, you know, kind of legacy breweries here that are following up with the very German-style beers. And, uh, so, you know, like, we have that nice bit of history happening. Um, and alongside that, we have, from what I can tell, we have a fairly um, hungry community. Uh, you know, people are very interested in trying new and weird and, and getting on to those new trends that are popping up and, and being about it. Uh, which allows a lot of people here to keep keep you know keep things interesting, keep doing cool stuff, and, uh, and so it's it's similar to uh, Buffalo, where it's sort of like there is 
or kind of resurgent kind of movement happening. Right. You know, there's money coming back in, and you know, uh, you know, there, there's people moving back, um, and 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 so we have a pretty. It was a pretty blank slate for a while. Um, so we and until recently, you know, we've got about forty, I think, forty breweries. Right now, I can't tell. I can't remember if that's within planning or straight up open. <laughs> but you know, so we're we're seeing that nice kind of. Uh, we're definitely not near the saturation point. I know people have talked about that. weekend on my list. I know, I know people are already <laughs> talking about saturation points and things, and, and I just like to point out, you know, places like Portland and San Diego and, and Denver, and those have upwards of 100, 100 plus breweries. So, you know, I, I don't at all think we're near a saturation point. I mean, um, we could we could have a whole conversation just on yes. that of the kind of the shakeout of breweries that maybe aren't doing things the way they should versus a, a, a bubble versus whatever it is. I think but it's more a function of sort of uh, the way distribution is, um, you know, especially with some of the, the more recent ones. Uh, you know, that's definitely what I think was a big problem well, was access to distribution. And this, this this conversation has probably been beat to death, especially <laughs> recently here in Cincinnati. And oh, is that horse in the corner <laughs> for that? <laughs> it's... Again, kind of goes back to that big money over your head mm-hmm. versus just a place that has always just kind of forced things to kind of to work, you know. And that's yeah. you know, I, I I don't see Listerman in the same category as a place, you know, like Blank Slate, where you know it was it, at, at the end there, it was the money was the issue. You know, it was it was about money, and that's. I, I don't think that's ever going to be the case here. It's never going to be about the money. It's, you know, if if Listerman were to fail, which Listerman will not fail, um, it's it's not because of a money issue. It's because something else was done horribly wrong. We're, we're, we 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 go from month to month here. You know, it's just me suing the bank. But, but <laughs> that's just all it is. Me, and my wife, in the bank. But but there's a reason that that works, and that reason is all of these other. Well, we don't factors. we don't you know lay down and you know and say that we have got to do this this month and that next month. We can't do that. But uh, it, it's not like my wife and I are made of money either. Right. <laughs> well, so kind of. Well, if uh, suspenders were currency, then they'd be made of money. <laughs> but unfortunately, it's not. I hold my pants up. <laughs> <laughs> kind of going on on this same ADD topic of you know Cincinnati and, and bubbles and whatever you want to call it. You know, there's breweries that have kind of talked a little shit about Norwood, and <laughs> who's they, that? I'm not naming names, but um, <laughs> they kind of rag on the idea of doing the can releases of New England IPAs, and it's been said that it's a cheap way to get people into your tap room. Huh. I always thought it was a fun way. Well, but. I, but, I, <laughs> so, but, but, so, do you think that the camaraderie of a beer scene like Cincinnati, like, is it really as tight as, as, as people think it is? I don't know. Maybe not anymore. <laughs> well, I, mean, <laughs> I, I, I don't think it's getting yet. I really don't. Uh, so far, you know, when Blank Slate went, man, that hurt everybody. That hurt everybody's feelings. That was surprising. That was that was upsetting. 
uh, other birds are having issues, and that, that's upsetting too. I, I, I really don't think that the dog-eat-dog world's come out yet at all. No. Is it going to? I won't tell you it won't, but I, I don't see it yet, and I, I, I don't see a direction leading that way. I think we're, we're, here, we're here to satisfy the needs of people who need to be drinking better beer. I mean, there's a lot of people who still drink bad beer. They don't know it. And I think as long as there's a lot of people drinking bad beer, we're here to help them. Well, Everybody. My, my, my favorite quote that I play in every show from you is that the, the beer drinkers are a forest of, of Bud Light drinkers that you're just constantly logging turns yes, to exactly. get. And it's <laughs> the absolute best description that has ever been put on it for me. Is I, that uh, there's, there's still people out there who... Are stuck with There's bad still beer. a forest. But, yes. But do you think that there are places that have turned and kind of started looking back at the logs that are already cut and try to going back to Bud Light? No, 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 no. <laughs> Again, I play, I play that quote too. You never hear somebody say that. Yeah, I was drinking that craft beer crap, and uh, I went back to my Bud Light. <laughs> Can we play it in every single show? Um, no, I'm if. You know, and this is a hypothetical, not that this exists, but if somebody sees the success of a New England IPA release where people are lined up around the corner, and then they want to do that too, so then they do it because I, do, of the I success do think of there are some people who have too much money and think that they could be brewers. I, I, I'm very concerned about that. Uh, it's mostly from a quality perspective because I lived through the 90s. And back in the 90s, you, it was nothing to go into a brew pub and have a really bad beer. Do you think we could get back to that point? I would certainly hope not, and I haven't seen it yet. I, so I'm, I'm worried about that. That does concern me. The talent is starting to get a little thin. It's few and far between. Yes. I, I just I feel like drinkers are smarter now than they were in, yes, in exactly. the 90s. There's and a I, lot more resources to, uh, you know, to examine you know, what's on the market, what's there. Um, there's a lot more people that are into it. So, I mean, just word of mouth is, is definitely still, I still believe word of mouth is your best marketing. Um, you know, I'm sure there's people who would tell me, tell me otherwise, but, you know, easiest way to get someone a fan of your beer is find one of their friends that like beer and be like, let's give them a bunch of beer. And easiest then, way is just pour it down their it. face. And <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, and to kind of touch on what you were saying um, as well, like, would we be offended if someone does a New England style IPA in cans? It's, not like we made the style. I'd be offended if someone did it in cans and called it a hip-hop name or something no, along those well, and, lines. And but that's more of my know. question. Is is it offensive if instead of somebody trying to find their own thing, if they just jump in and kind of try to... try to? It's, it's not logging the forest. It's... it's, it's There's it's only so many types of beers you can make. There's Yeah, I'd say it's... it's um, there's a difference between what your identity is as a brewer in a brewery than what your market is hungry for. It all depends on intent. Well, yeah, I, I think intent, I guess intent that's, is big. I guess that's that's. I, I, I question the intent. So I'd sometimes. love for every brewery to make a New England style IPA. Like I said, I can't drink normal IPAs anymore, really. So I could go to a lot more places I mean, if they all us, had one. We just we just make beers that we want to drink for the most part. So. Yeah, um, I've got to agree though. I got to say, I do Imperial doubles or New Englands, and that's kind of I never go for just a run of the mill IPA anymore. Like it's not enough. So, since the 
comedy crew. Is that <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if anybody can hear them. I don't know how how good my uh, my sound is right now. But um, let's kind of drift towards the end here and kind yeah. of talk about what's happening with some of the future releases that are coming here. There's a massive Chacal release, which massive, and uh, there'll be another one of these coming up too. It's really fun. You know, we have a whole lot. We we love putting Chacal in barrels. So it does really well. So. Uh, we love having fun with it, and you know this one we're doing the regular Heaven Hill, the kind that one Fobab. Uh, we're doing blueberry vanilla, uh, chacao, turtle, which is caramel and chocolate, and then uh, co- it's called the bat. <laughs> Barrel aged turtle. <laughs> I'm just um, sure, and uh, <laughs> also we got uh, uh, some Kopi Luwak coffee in, which is oh. we have a great roaster that we work with in. Yeah. He does some fun things, and we told him about this. He's like, you know, it's going to be expensive, right? And I was like, yeah, but we want how, it. How expensive was it? Uh, it was $900 for six pounds. <laughs> Unroasted. My and so when you, when, so you, when you why, roast it, you lose you, some. I, I, I wrote about it a little bit. Why don't you tell people what Kopi Luwak coffee it's, is? It's uh, civet shit. <laughs> <laughs> so there's cats in Indonesia that eat coffee beans, and their stomach ferments... The, uh, but then, how do you bean. get the coffee beans? They poop it out. <laughs> Can't you get something with a zoo with that to start getting that in? <laughs> yeah, but a zoo should uh, be able you know, to help you. You know, I yeah, I hear that. But there is there are farms that force coffee beans down civets' throats and oh. like don't treat that. I mean, if you can make money off it, people are going to try to exploit it. That's and not so where coffee we, beans came from. No, right? come on now. There's also, uh, in Thailand who's doing it with elephants. <laughs> And the elephants are okay with it unless you take it away from them, and then they they get really upset because <laughs> they're addicted to the caffeine. Uh, but you know, we we have a certificate to make sure they were naturally like kind of grass fed t- type of things. It's in they the just, wild. It's on a. Is it in the wild or is it like a like a kind of a farm where they kind of just I have to go. I have really to really go look at now. it. But it's it's free range free range civets. That's what I'm looking for. Free range. <laughs> This is this is all very fascinating. <laughs> Litter box. <laughs> so it was, you know, it was, we had an opportunity with Barrel Aged Chacao because it's a product that is going to sell. Um, and also we could pretty much, Chacao is pretty low price for the product it is, so we could pretty much charge whatever we wanted for a coffee variant. And we're not going to. We're just right. going to make sure that, you know, we make up this immense amount of coffee um, cost back. And we knew we could do it with Chacao, so I was like, why not? We could. Because you know people like me will pay for it <laughs> because I have a beer problem and a coffee problem. And when you combine it with Chacao, then it's just heroin to me. How do, how do you feel about cats? <laughs> All good. <laughs> like I say, you all are just selling this coming weekend to her for me. So I have permission to come. I see. You have to. Tell her it's like work. That's what I do. I'm working right now. So it's a, our, we have a certificate of authenticity that says it was... Um, uh, gathered in the wild, processed, and packaged. So it was gathered in the wild. Yep. I, I count that. Uh, just so people know, I believe it's like the Sumatra region. So, like, uh, people oh. are familiar with Sumatra. It's uh, similar to, but better. Oh. <laughs> Indonesia. I don't know where Sumatra is. Speaking my language. <laughs> okay. Ish. Oh. <laughs> so, we've got that release next weekend. Yes. As long as I get the show up in the time frame that I'm supposed to. It's next week. Or September 30th. <laughs> <laughs> it's, or it's this it weekend. Three, three months ago. Uh, <laughs> well, Jared would call it next weekend. Most people would call it this weekend. It's, it's September 30th. September 30th. So, it's this Saturday. Is that um, a Jersey thing? 
Yes. No, it's a Jersey <laughs> thing. It's a Jersey thing. <laughs> and so then after that, it's you, GABF. You, you've, you've bumped the first Saturday release a week because of GABF where you'll be racking up medals. <laughs> Knock on wood. <laughs> um, I, the release is of... Um, uh, Hank the Dumpster Kitty. Hank the Dumpster Kitty. And, and 99, 99 Problems, but a beer ain't one. Um, which, for all, you, no, I guess. Yeah, for all you collectors out there, it's a different can because it's the new artwork. You have to give it the end. <laughs> it's absolutely brilliant. Yes. <laughs> it's the artwork you can take off of the can, which is what I'm looking forward to. Yes. <laughs> and then the following week, we have our anniversary party, which we're going to do a barrel-aged beer. We haven't even decided what we're going to do with it yet. Uh, uh, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll have uh, we'll have at least one barrel aged because we have we have some Jacowan barrels. We have a lot uh, of Jacowan barrels <laughs> that's like ready to go like soon, and so we can just not make a Jacowan and make it some other fantastic double brown ale. So we have some discussions to do with that. So what um, you know, you guys are also for, for the geeky people out there, kind of famous for stashing lots of bottles away and things like that too, and then surprising us with fun releases. That, that, that's called poor marketing. <laughs> no, it's it's brilliant marketing later. <laughs> yeah, the rum barrel horchata that came out this year. Oh, my God. Glad you liked it. What what kinds yes. of stuff do you guys have? Well, that'll be on for the anniversary party, just so you know. Oh. Uh, what'd you say? What kind of stuff do you guys have tucked away? The in barrels or in bottles? Uh, either one. Uh, barrels, we have another s'more stout and another uh, higher gravity s'more stout. Obviously, cranium. We have cranium and a maple barrel coming out soon. Uh, just got the cold brewed coffee in for that, so that'll be a different thing. Um, I heard a rumor there's still a case of Pappy Chacal sitting back there. I'm sure there is. There's there's tons of stuff back there. Do we have any audit ale left over? Yeah. Good. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we have we have um, man, we're getting some some. We're doing a collab with uh, Wolf's Ridge on Wednesday. It'll be a rye stout aged in rye barrels. So. Uh, we got to build our barrel, our barrel program back. We've been putting out a lot of beer and <laughs> decimating our barrel, <laughs> decimating our, our I, barrel. I love, so we got to rebuild it back up. I love the high society stuff too. By the way, just the random kind of um, one-off, almost barrel releases that 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 tequila barrel aged Goza is amazing. Thank I, you. Did you hear that, Dan? Oh yeah. Well, I, right. I, I I stole a sip of yours, and that was you did phenomenal. what? <laughs> you offered it. <laughs> we went. I went into it picking it up and expecting the uh, the Quaff Brothers Blank Slate Tequila Goza, and it's a whole different. It's a whole different beer, and it's. it's I didn't even know that happened. Oh, it's fantastic! <laughs> okay. it, it, this one is a whole different beast from that. It's um, more tequila, less Goza. I guess. Yeah. The, <laughs> I love it. Society line has been fun. Um, I still remember uh, with the uh, the Honeydew. Everyone was like. This is crazy. It'll never work. And I was like, all right. All right. We'll see what happens, I guess. That's really good. Uh, do you know what High Society is from? Rounders? I've seen He Rounders walks in with two stacks yeah. of High Society. He's, he's just got a really big crush on Matt Damon. <laughs> I was here to say, Ben Affleck and Matt I mean, Damon. It's he's Rounders. trying to avoid the porno magazine. <laughs> Didn't even know it existed until Dan brought it up. <laughs> I mean, we need to know these things. <laughs> it's important. <laughs> So, as we wrap this up, we timing is perfect. Um, what do you guys want people to know about the Listerman of today that they don't know about? We, we like pets. Oh, man, that's, that's kind of a tough question. We've talked about a lot today. You know, it's, 
It's, and we didn't even get to talk about pets. We we didn't talk uh, about that. We didn't talk about basketball parking. There's all kinds of things I want to talk goodness about. Goodness gracious. <laughs> One of my favorite uh, no, pastimes okay. was oogling dogs. I'm here. okay not talking about either of those things. I mean, um, I was referring to the cans, but I, I guess we can go that <laughs> but route. It's ADD radio. I, there's a lot to talk about. But You know, uh, it kind of it kind of speaks... It's it's how our brand speaks. You know, a lot of a lot of breweries are obsessed with their marketing, and their marketing is just all over whatever they do. And it's really about a marketing company instead of a brewery. We really like to let our beer do our talking for us. And so I feel like I can't really leave you with any profound statements because you know, just come in and drink a beer, and you'll know everything you need to know about us. Well, you you, you walk up to the tap room, and the side of the building is spray paint. Mm-hmm. And it's always changing. It's always evolving. And you've got a Listerman logo that's not really the logo anymore, but it's still retro. makes perfect sense it's that retro. it's there. You walk into the tap room, and it's all bar. You don't have fancy things all around. It's just bar. It's a place for people to sit and drink. Mm-hmm. You walk up into the beer garden, and it's a big mural of Dan Listerman sitting at a beer garden drinking beer. <laughs> he like hates this, it, by the way. I love it. <laughs> it's <This>. amazing. <laughs> but this is, it, it all is what Listerman is, and that is this, this patchwork. I that our bar staff are all beer nerds. I mean, they're, they're people who understand and can talk about beer. That's important to us, that you can discuss that. Uh, I, I think, I think, I think uh, Pat put him over the top when he... When, when we were drinking in the bar. He's a good kiss ass. Huh? He's a good kiss ass. <laughs> he did a great job. I mean, uh, he stunned. I think he stunned you. Possibly. Yes. <laughs> Just go with it, Jared. Just go and, with it. And you guys have, have beer mumbo making wine that, again, doesn't really make sense as far as wine goes. And, like, there's 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 things happening here that, that don't fit into a, a neat little package. They're just, it makes sense because it's Listerman and that. Yeah, and uh, one one thing I will toot our horn about is you know we're you know we're a small brewery. We don't make tons of money on 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 beer and the things that we do, but we give a lot back to the community. We're we're just about over thirty thousand dollars at the zoo. Ten um, percent of all of our hip hop cans go to Elements, which is a um, organization down in OTR that that promotes uh, young inner city art, whether it be spoken word or graffiti or hip hop. You know and Without Dan and Sue okaying all of these things, it doesn't happen. So we have probably donated at least forty to fifty thousand dollars of charity for for a brewery our size right. is pretty freaking incredible. So, well, that's something you can't see while walking in the door, but something that but that we're do. really but really proud of. Like you do see it in like the in what this place is, and I, I hope that people see it the way that that I think I do, and I know that you do, Chris. I, oh yeah. So keep doing what you guys are doing. Um, and keep trying to figure out what that is and keep trying to define it every day that goes by because you guys are on to something whether it's planned out in the future or not <laughs> like it's just it's it works really well and i i think everybody in cincinnati loves this place and i don't know if everybody can kind of put it into words why but it works thank you guys very that's much that's the that's the story of, that's dan's autobiography <laughs> i can't tell you why but it works so Anybody that's listening, follow us on iTunes. What did I say? All the things I was supposed to mention for people. Uh, social media or something. Yeah, uh, like, the Twitters, like, the like Instagrams, whatever. They're spaces. all out there. Um, we'll be back next week, hopefully. Uh, Jason, Dan, Jared, Chris, everybody, yep. thank you very much for making the show happen. Thanks, Thanks for having us. Thank um, you. Cincy Brewcast. We are the voice of Cincy Craft. Um, 
Yeah, rate us on iTunes. That's the thing. Right? Like, uh, that's reviews. A, that's a thing, yeah, definitely. reviews. Give us reviews or something. Sensor Craft. Voice of Sensor Craft.